This is the Death of a Dream podcast with your host, Hannah Nuss. Welcome! We are going to go ahead and get started with our great things. And I had a thought the other day that I should start asking you for your great things and I could potentially read them um, online and you don't even, or not online, I could read them on here instead of boring you with my great things every day, even though sometimes it's hard for me because I'm like, I don't want my listeners to feel like I'm bragging. Um, but I think that's exactly it. We, as women, as humans, as whoever we are, um, struggle to own great things that we're doing. And that's why it feels uncomfortable. Hey, sister, I am not saying this to make you feel bad about yourself. I am saying it so you say your things. They don't have to be the same things. And I mean, literally last week I talked about like making food that my husband ate. Okay. It's not always these grandiose things, but we are always doing great things. And so it is imperative that you start getting comfortable talking about it. And I do it every day with all of you. And it still makes me slightly uncomfortable when I think about the things that I'm saying to all of you. And I think about how hard it is for me to even show up and say these things. And I've been practicing this longer than most. And it is still a struggle. It's still a mental note that I make to myself that people just think you're full of yourself. You're being ridiculous. All the things, right? And so, yeah, I was thinking of like, how could I have people submit their great things um, in an unidentified way, right? Because I want to be here celebrating with you. So I may set up a form and I'll put that on Facebook and Insta and all the things um, for you to submit your great thing. And I could spend my mornings reading your great thing instead of always <laughs> sharing mine. So uh, be looking for that. I'll probably share it on the Facebook page. And um, yeah, maybe you can share your great thing and you don't even have to say who you are. Um, you can just say what it is, what your great thing was, because, hey, we can all celebrate you then. So my great thing from yesterday really was the start of alignment. I started my week asking the good Lord, and yes, I know we have an interesting relationship, him and I, um, him or her or whoever uh, you believe that person to be or that being to be. Um, we have an interesting relationship. So I started the week always, I always start my mornings when I remember with a prayer of just gratitude. Um, but I did start my week saying, Hey dude, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I like need a sign, a very specific one to keep moving forward because this week I'm feeling like a crazy person. Okay. So go ahead. If you're out there and you're listening and I know you got a lot, can you just send me some sort of sign that this work is worth continuing? Cause I'm struggling right now. I need a sign. 
And da 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 da. Yesterday I got that sign. Um, I started to have conversations to extend work with a client that I worked with um, this past fall. Uh, we started to have conversations about extending or continuing that work and what that would look like. So that's my great thing. You know, almost we're coming up on a year anniversary of this podcast and you'll say, what? I've only been listening since August when you launched. And I will say, yes, I know. There are crazy tapes that have been (laughs) recorded every day until August. So from April until August, I recorded every morning. And those are the unleashed tapes of the Death of a Dream podcast. (laughs) Um, They're crazy. And if you listen to them, and I feel bad for the few people that I sent them to, who must have really felt like I was crazy. um, If you listen to them, you can tell the difference in mindset. And I like to think that they are the anger tapes. And, you know, so much of this process has been working through all of those things and realizing the headspace that you need to be in to do something like this, to chase your dreams. And that's a part of this journey too. So my great thing was, I got a sign. I saw the sign and it opened. And sometimes, yes, I truly believe that signs will come to you if you're looking for them, right? And I needed to start looking for a sign to continue this work. And yesterday, I got it, right? And I'll also be applying for my first um, like seminar speaking, uh, opportunity. So I plan to complete that this weekend and hopefully you'll be able to see me speak live somewhere, but this aligns with who I want to be and what I want to do. And so here we go, people. Let's go 2020. Um, so that's my great thing. Go ahead, take 10 seconds, one minute. This actually took me six minutes, but I get sidetracked a lot. So my great things are just longer. This is why you need to help me out and submit a great thing (laughs) from your week. Because if I read them, I can personally celebrate with you. I won't know who you are because I'm not going to ask for a name. I'm just going to ask for a great thing. Um, But being able to say it here in this safe space and say it out loud for you because Dang, I know people who listen to this podcast are doing amazing things and I want to celebrate that with you. So I will make that form today and you will not be identified, but do know if you don't want to be identified, don't write in there um, super identifiable things. If you have a job that's super specific and I'm going to know who I'm talking about and you don't want that, just don't write super specific things. You can keep it pretty general, but I want to celebrate with you. Let's do great things together because we are. So that's our great things. Welcome. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk today about who you want to be and finding who you want to be and how to start taking steps. I started taking steps almost a year ago today. Um, April 
of last year, so April 2019, I said to myself, like, what are you doing? This is your life. What are you doing? Who are you going to be? What, what are the things that you want to accomplish? And I started feeling suffocated in, in that very idea. And I started looking to a lot of different resources to find alignment. One of those was Rachel Hollis. And one of the major impact moments was a RISE conference, which she's hosting a RISE conference right now in Fort Myers. And I had someone ask me um, over the winter break, oh my gosh, you got to go to RISE. How was it? And I, and they had said, I couldn't go. So I, it just wasn't going to work, blah, blah, blah. Was it worth it? And Yes, even if you're just going for the the party portion, like just the pure enjoyment of being surrounded by super fierce females, even just that is worth the money. Um, but what you'll get out of it if you take a true intentional heart, if you take your mind prepped and ready to make changes, you will get that out of it. And it is a beautiful conference because it's so specific to women. And I struggled a lot with, um, with transitioning to what I wanted to do as a grown up. Um, when I thought about all of the people that are doing the work that I want to do, right? And a lot of times that's, what holds us back. It's like, who am I? Who am I to do this work? Who am I to say these things? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And yesterday I wrote about this on Instagram a little bit. Who are you? You know, it's harder for me to believe that you don't have a story. And part of this podcast and this work, not everybody's going to connect with me, just like not everybody connects with what Rachel Hollis says, or with what Tony Robbins says, or with what Brene Brown says. And there are a 100 different reasons. And what I realized is if you're called to do this work, you will find people who align with who you are. And what was missing with this work for me was me. Right? was more people like me who just are average, normal, everyday people um, who just don't want to be that, right? And there wasn't anybody who was saying the things that connected with the places that I came from. And, um, And it was hard for me. I've read a million books and so many of those books and resources just came from huge spaces that I could never imagine, right? I couldn't put myself in that place. I couldn't imagine that I could dream from that place because I had to work full time, because I have children, because my husband doesn't make a million dollars a day, right? I couldn't imagine being able to do things that aligned with my dreams because uh, my family's got to eat people, right? And how do you do that? And I had to start dreaming of a new space where that could coexist because my realities 100% put me in another corner, right? And what I wanted to start exploring is could you start taking steps 
Would the world align with who you want to be because of who you are and who you've been if you just started taking steps? And or maybe I'll find out that, yes, there's an unwritten code that you don't understand and you can't just follow your dreams just wanting to do that. But that's why I started this podcast. I want everybody to be a part of starting something from the ground up. When I launched this podcast in August, I remember texting my husband and being like, one person listened. (laughs) What I found out later is that if I click and just um, push play on my podcast myself, which is what I did with my first one to listen to make sure that the audio was okay to make sure that I had an okay (laughs) um, listener experience. (laughs) And I remember texting my husband and being like, Oh my gosh, I just published my first podcast at 5am in the morning and someone already listened to it. What world is this? (laughs) And it was me. (laughs) But that's just it. You have to start somewhere, even if it's doing personal dance parties by yourself about yourself listening to your podcast. That's still one step further than you were if you had never started and you won't know if you don't start taking steps in that direction. And my story, what I'm hoping connects with people will be the the humble beginnings. The fact that my husband doesn't work at like NASA and I can just stay home and write and produce and, and podcast all day long because of X, Y, and Z. My story is seemingly small and insignificant and I'm trying to write a story of you know the underdog just chasing what they wanted to do even if it didn't make any freaking sense right it makes no sense that I would do this work none at all I mean kind of if you're listening to me you're like um I don't know how you get on and talk for that amount of time, that clearly without a script. So maybe you're like, um, doing things I could never do. Right. I mean, first and foremost, what you must know is that I started somewhere. I can tell you the first four months of the daily podcast that I was doing sounds crazy. I sound like someone who maybe should be institutionalized that's super angry and most of those tapes were (laughs) me just yelling into the microphone obscenities, which is absolutely where I would spend most of my life. The anger space that I used to be in related to this work, related to chasing your dreams, I, I can't tell you what that anger space did to my mindset and how it limited me from doing anything related to this work. Because had that been the podcast, had that been the focus, I would have burned out on it because you can't stay that angry (laughs) for that long. (laughs) It's hard to do. Uh, Actually, you can. I spent a good majority of my life, but it doesn't feel good and it wears you down. It does. I never had the amount of energy that I have now. Um, to keep this going. I remember just judging through those early morning podcasts, feeling super funny. Um, 
<laughs> because I think swearing is super funny because <laughs> I'm five. <laughs> but I remember not really feeling energy towards it, but that's just it. You start somewhere and you find your voice and your focus and your vision for what it will become, but you have to just start. And yeah, anything that you're dreaming, anything that you want to go after is possible. And that's the story that I'm trying to tell here, right? And maybe you don't connect with all of those other people because maybe that specific story has never been told. So I was talking to someone about this and absolutely, if you listen to anyone else that's doing work like this, that's trying to help people change their lives, that's trying to help people take control, they are saying super specific things like what I'm saying. <laughs> okay? Sorry, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. But we're all saying similar things because the recipe for success isn't that different, right? Anything that you want to do, you have to have your mind, your body, and your spirit wrapped around and ready to go. Now, the difference in what we're saying, we all have different methods of getting there, right? We all have different ways of saying those things. And more than that is we have different ways of connecting with people. My story may connect with you for reasons of X, Y, and Z, right? Maybe it's because you were an athlete and you went through a transition like that. Maybe it's because you know me and it's kind of cool to know someone who does this kind of work. Maybe it's because you want to follow along and you believe in where we're going and it helps to give you belief that you can do something like this or something not like this, but something that you want to do because you want to do it right? I don't know why you're connecting, but that's the difference, right? You have a million different options because maybe Tony Robbins yelling at you in an arena filled of a million people doesn't connect with you, doesn't feel right, right? And I think about doing this all the time about, about growing, about speaking to different audiences, about, um, seminars and, and different things. And I, I, I like to think about what the end vision is. Um, and when I start to think about that, the reality is there aren't that many women doing this on major stages. And why? Well, it's similar to coaching. I used to hear all the time when I was a coach that you need to be gruff and, and yell at the girls and, and you need to, to be harder on them and, and you need to, to have all this crazy pent-up male energy that you just don't have and so you're not a great coach. And I know I put intentional focus around loving my athletes versus breaking them down because I know firsthand what it feels like to be broken down to such a small space that you can't even perform anymore. And I know that I put a lot of focus and intentionality behind not breaking my athletes down because I know personally, I am already breaking myself down. If I miss that basket, 
Yeah, I got it. You think I wanted to miss it in front of all these people? This close to the basket? I already know. Right? And instead of, (laughs) instead of me, um, coming back and being like, hey girl, you got the next one, that shame spiral continued into the next time out, into what people were yelling from, from the stands. And the next basket that I would go to shoot, I would be shooting with all those remembrances of terrible shame spiral, right? And do you think that that helped me make the next basket? No, help me miss it. Because on top of missing the last one, I now have this beautiful learning curve of disbelief that I can even make a basket, right? And I get it. It's easy. I get it. I already know. I already feel like an idiot. Trust. Um, (laughs) But I think that's just it. However you're connecting with me, whatever we've gone through that's similar, that helps you connect. Yes, there are other people doing this work, no question. But there are not enough females doing this work. And we come from different headspaces. I say all the time to people that I'm working with that coach that female athletes are different. And the majority of things that are built for females, for female athletes that are supposed to inspire and push you were built for males. And there there are a select group of athletes. I was one of them. There are a select group of women. I am one of them that can be pushed from a masculine space. But there is a heck of a lot of women and athletes that don't relate to that, that can't be pushed, that will be pushed to a lower mental headspace because they're already breaking themselves down and they don't need any help, right? And so maybe in those roles, we need to step back and we need to love and build and not love and break down. And some athletes need it, trust. I needed to be broken down. And I'm not saying that that's the perfect algorithm. I think the hardest part about leadership is knowing the ins and outs of the people who are under you, knowing what they react to and what you can build off of. And I tried coaching from that space, knowing, and I didn't do a perfect job of it, trust. When your back's up against the wall, it's hard. Um, But really trying to know the athletes that are in front of you, really trying to know and understand um, who they are, what they're about, and what they react to. And not just athletes, but when you're in leadership positions, when you're working with anybody else, it's important to know who they are and what gets them moving because it's different for everybody. Right? And when people would come and tell me that I needed to adopt this coaching style, that I wasn't hard enough on the girls, I would really struggle with that because, yeah, some of them can take it. Some of them have been raised by you who must be hard on them. And maybe that is the only thing that gets them going. But I think the absolute reality is that you have to just 
adopt and understand the many different ways that your team functions. And it is going to change year to year. It is going to change even when you add a new colleague, even when you add a new teammate. It's going to change the environment. It's going to change what they react to. And some or most is going to be trial and error right? If you come in and you yell and scream and everybody's crying and you suck worse, eh, maybe didn't work so well, right? And you go back to the drawing board. I read this super awesome quote the other day about feedback. And um, feedback is probably something we all kind of struggle with, right? Um, Gosh, I emailed it, but where did it go? Let me see if I can find it in here. Um, I don't remember what it was. It was something about, I think it was on Forbes. I'll look quick. It wasn't. I lied. Um, but it talked about how everything that you're doing is a trial and error process. And even when athletes go out and they compete, We expect them to download from that game and to get it right next time. And anything that you're doing, that's how I want you to look at it, right? The feedback that you receive, good, bad, or otherwise, is going to help elevate you to the next level, right? And I think we look at feedback as something that's so painful and so hurtful. If you look at it as nothing else but a starting point, it's only going to help you get better, right? That's what coaching is in athletic terms. Coaches are analyzing what you're doing and every day in practice they are giving you feedback to make you perform better the next time. Right? And that's exactly what feedback is. It is helping you elevate and grow every step that you take. And we started this week from a place of innovation and taking chances and and forging down new paths. Every step that you take that's forging down a new path, that feedback is only going to help you get over the perceived limitations in front of you faster, right? It's not painful. It's helpful. It's growthful. That's not a word. I said it anyways. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we make up words regularly. That feedback is such a great way for you to grow. And I think the mental headspace that you have to get into to take feedback from that space of love, right? And and this is what I need to prepare you for. People aren't always going to say feedback things from a place of love, right? They may be coming from a place of hate. Either way, right? How do you shift your mind on feedback, is you shift it to a belief. And a belief is just something that exists. It may be valid, it may not be, but it's still a belief. And if you don't want people to think that about you, right? So if I started the Death of a Dream podcast and someone gave me the feedback that I'm an idiot, um, there's not a whole lot that I can do to change that. I I would recommend if if you truly believe that I am an idiot, Maybe just don't listen. might not be for you. I may very well be an idiot, um, but (laughs) I'm going to keep going. (laughs) So if that's what they said, it's it's just a belief. Someone believes that Hannah Ness, host of the Death of a Dream podcast, is an idiot. Okay? I 
can take that as a belief. Okay, someone believes I'm an idiot. Do I want to do work to change that? Do I care? No. One person, who knows? They maybe are just hangry. I can't help you out of the hangry space, okay? Don't go review things when you're hangry, okay? If Hannah's an idiot, that's one person. Out of all the people that I talk to every day, one person having that belief isn't really worth me changing their mindset. I don't care. If you think that I'm an idiot, please just stop listening. You have a choice every day. If I do care that someone thinks that I'm an idiot, I may want to take steps to change that belief for all of my listeners, right? So maybe I need to, I don't know, how would you change someone thinking that you're an idiot? Uh, Maybe I want to use bigger words, okay? So that's what I'm going to do. I don't want people to think that I'm an idiot. That's a belief that I don't want people to have about my podcast and about the work that I do. So I'm going to start using bigger words in what I'm doing, right? And if I really want to understand why someone thinks that I'm an idiot, I'm going to ask, what specifically makes me an idiot? I'm hungry for this feedback because this isn't a belief that I want someone to have. What specifically makes me an idiot? And they might come back and say, uh, by the way, you don't capitalize or punctuate in appropriate ways. Thank you. That's great feedback. Now, what you might not know is that that's intentional because I was trying to get over a headspace that I'm not smart enough to do work like this. So your feedback that I'm an idiot might actually hurt me if I'm not looking at it as just a belief that I either want to shift or don't, right? So in the instance where I do want to shift it, maybe every day I wake up and I um, I subscribe to something that's like thesaurus.com that, or dictionary.com and they present me with new words every day and I start expanding my vocabulary or I start putting intentionality behind properly capitalizing and punctuating all of my stuff, right? And I invest in some form of editing and maybe I shift that belief. And that's what I say back to that person. If they're still here, if they're still listening. Now, if it's one person, maybe we can't go on that journey, but I say back, hey, person, I don't want you to believe that I'm an idiot. You said, I'm an idiot because I don't punctuate and I don't do this. I'm going to start working with this service and I plan to punctuate and properly edit all of my materials that go out. Will that be enough to shift you out of believing that I'm an idiot? And they may say yes or no. And then you just decide, same feedback function that we went down. You just decide, okay, this person's impossible. They really just hate me. I'm not going to focus on it. But this is something that I I don't want listeners to believe about me. So I'm going to shift it, right? Anything that you want to do, you can do. That's a part of the death of a dream journey. And I'm hoping that in 2020, we'll start taking intentional steps forward to show you that no matter where you come from, No matter what you're doing, your dreams have validity and space if you're willing to work towards them. 
And I'm hoping that I can write that story for you. And I'm not even going to say hoping anymore. I'm telling you, I am writing that story for you.